0: Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 4. And uh, how many believe that God still wants to do miracles? I believe, like Sean said, I believe there's a miracle in the house today. I believe that God's power is available to us at any time. And uh, I I like what I heard one pastor, he described a miracle. A miracle is any time the resource of heaven comes to earth. Any time what's been made available to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, oh, Jesus paid for it all. Everything is already paid in full. And so it, it's in store in heaven. We believe God. When, when Paul said, my God shall supply all of your need. How many know that was more than just finances? Amen. Every area. So the resource of heaven is at our disposable. And a miracle happens when our faith releases heaven to come into the earth. And we call that a miracle. And it's God's provision that shows up on the earth. But in order to receive a miracle, it's going to take ears to hear and a heart to receive. And uh, before I read this in Mark chapter 4, we'll go through the parable of the sower. You could write this down. I didn't put these scriptures in your outline. But Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58 says this, that Jesus could not do many works there. He could not do many mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. And so it's declared that Jesus went there. His intention was, was to reveal God's power and His grace and His mercy. But because of unbelief, He couldn't do very much in their presence. And then Romans chapter 10, verse 17, you could write that down too. Just says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me know that faith is the opposite of unbelief. And they both come the same way. Both unbelief and faith come by words. Faith comes by hearing the message that's contained in the Word of God. We put it up on our announcements there every week. Eli posts that, that on our website or on our Facebook page. You can go on and you can rehear the message. How many uh, uh, when, when you you know started elementary school or you have children or grandchildren going to school? How many know you only have to tell them once that two times two is four. That's all they ever need to hear it. Or that 4 times 4 is 8, or 8 times 8 is 16, 16, 16, 32, you know, so, you know, that just one time, hearing it once and they're good to go. That's all you needed to hear, just that one time, I heard it, I got it, I'm locked in. Thank you, teacher, I'll be back next week for another thought. Amen, I'll take this and build my life around this, glory to God. No, it doesn't work that How many took algebra in high school, besides me? How many could work in algebra equation now? two people hallelujah (laughs) amen and because it's all letters and there's no numbers we don't even know if you got the right answer so anyway amen (laughs) so in that but even though we've heard something and we've learned something if we don't keep ourselves active in it we lose what we once learned are you with me But why is it that we think when it comes to the Word of God, Oh, I heard that once. I've heard that. I don't need to continually keep hearing it. I don't need to continually keep applying it. And we expect that it's just going to keep working at the same level as when we were one time walking proficiently in it. It doesn't work that way. So we have to continually hear. Faith comes by hearing or continually hearing the word that is in our heart. So you can get the podcast on our website. You can, uh, off the Facebook page, it'll take you to the link for our YouTube channel where you can watch the videos again. But I encourage you to hear the word of God over and over in your life. If you're in a life group uh, today, I encourage you to take some notes, highlight some things, hold on to your outline, take them with you, go back to your life group, and talk about the word with one another. Something happens when we talk the word with others. And you hear what somebody else got out of you share what you got and 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 they share what they receive and we build not not only do we build community and relationship, but we build and strengthen one another. Amen. And so apply that and use that Mark chapter 4 and verse 1 this morning. Watch this with me. And again, he began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathered. To him, So that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land, facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up. But because it had no depth of, uh, it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorn. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. I like that. Sprang up, increased, and produced. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Here's the pivotal verse of this passage. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let them hear. How many know everybody that he was speaking to had ears? But he says there's two ways to hear. You hear with your natural ears and you hear with the ear of the Spirit. Verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know. Somebody say given to know. So look what he said. To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God, he said, this is the mystery, an understanding, insight, revelation into how the kingdom of God operates, and it's been given you to know it. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, that they should turn and their sin should be forgiven. Verse 13, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all the parable that statement right there gives a lot of gravity to what Jesus is about to say in this explanation it is so imperative that we understand the truth of this principle and then learn how to apply that and receive that in our lives look at verse 14 the sower sows the word somebody say the word so the word is seed so the sower is sowing the word these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when, <coughs> excuse me, hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, somebody say, for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorn. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word. And it becomes, somebody say becomes. It becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones on good ground who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some a hundred. Hallelujah. So look at your outline if, with me if you would. So the pivotal verse as I said in the scripture is verse 9. He who has ears to hear let him hear. The word of God is a seed that must be conceived in the womb of our spirits in order for it to bring forth the life that it contains in us. God's word is a seed that must be conceived in our spirit. I need to hear that. It, it, the word of God has to be planted. It has to get down. This whole parable is teaching us this principle. Just Hearing is not conceiving. Just hearing messages, hearing the Word, that's not conceiving. That's why Jesus said, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. He says there are those that are hearing, but nothing's getting down on the inside of them, so it is producing nothing. So hearing is not conceiving. The goal is that we would conceive, to have the hearer, is to conceive and bring forth new life. Hear me, it is the heart of the Father to deliver us from the failures and defeats and denials of our Fridays, the sorrows and the regrets of our Saturdays, so we can live in the resurrection life of Sunday in his son think about it the disciples on Friday all abandoned Jesus they denied him they rejected him and they ran from him on Saturday they lived in remorse and regret but on Sunday hallelujah God gave them resurrection and restored them and put them back into purpose so that's the heart of God for our life is to restore us back that's why we have church on Sunday not on Saturday or any other day we worship God on on the new day, on resurrection day, the day that erases our Fridays and Saturdays and puts us back into new life with Christ. Could you shout amen? So think about it this morning. The enemy of your soul cares nothing about how much you hear, as long as you never allow the life of the Word to be conceived in your heart. His goal is to steal, to kill, and to destroy the life of God before it ever becomes formed in you. It says immediately when they hear the Word, the enemy comes to steal the Word out of their heart, to bring persecution and affliction, to choke the Word in some manner or way. But his goal is is to keep life from being conceived in the womb of your spirit. Think about it. He comes with the morning after pill, contrived from a mixture of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust for other things to choke and abort the life contained in the seed. If that doesn't work, he brings persecution and affliction for the word's sake. His goal is to abort and to keep the life contained in God's word from ever being fully formed in you. The devil has one mission, to have you never become pregnant with the life of God. For you to just be content to be a hearer, and, or, or even just say, "You know what? You don't have to go to church all the time. you don't have to listen to the word every time. You just listen to all this other stuff. Let all this other seed get on you. You need very little seed from God to really be a productive believer. Amen. But what happened? That's why abortion is such a, a, a sad indictment against our nation. Because you need to hear that everything God creates, he creates to be, to have life and to have purpose and to have increase. God creates everything with purpose and with destiny. Every child conceived in the womb is a destiny that is formed with eternal purpose and eternal increase connected to its life. Every child formed. And many times we wonder, how come the kingdom of God has taken so long? When we, and, and, and the church, I'm going to tell you, the church is going to have to get our voice back. I'm excited. I'm so thankful for President Trump erasing the Johnson Amendment from 1954. Now we just need some pastors to uh, have some spiritual fortitude. Amen. And not be afraid to speak again for, for years. Yeah, I, I, I PG'd that right there. Amen. Be, because, because pastors have been afraid to speak. Well, if I speak, and then the board members, we need some board members to get off some pastors' back. Yeah. We need to quit being afraid of running away people and start being, being encouraged to speak truth to, to people. Yeah. Amen. Because we have a nation where the church has become silent, and we have the vocal minority that's crippling the silent majority. I mean, the church needs to rise up. We need to vote. We need to speak. We need to declare because a life, a life in a womb, is a destiny that's been destroyed and aborted. The devil hates what God creates and he creates life, and he wants to abort it. Think about how many prophets, think about how many evangelists and missionaries have never got to take their first breath, and the kingdom of God should have advanced so much further. We ought to be, wait a minute, that could have been, that man could have carried my answer, that man could have carried my healing, he could have invented the cure to cancer, he could have invented the cure to something, that could have been a doctor, could have been a lawyer, could have been somebody that could have helped. we got to care about life. And then we got to be willing to get pregnant ourselves. Hallelujah. I love, I I, I wish I would have thought I would have wrote the book. Pastor Mark Filkey wrote a book, I'm Pregnant and I Know Who the Father Is. Amen. I love that. Amen. Look inside your outline. Every attacker and every obstacle and every form of adversity we face in life comes for the word's sake. We take it personal. We did the series on relationships, building healthy relationships. God wants you to be in healthy relationship. He wants us to come together in a spirit of unity. When we unite together and we become the body of Christ, we are an unstoppable force in the earth. For the glory of God. But if we're divided. And so the enemy comes. What I'll do. I'll just get them to take every attack personal. They, they, they don't understand. I'm coming against them. So the word won't work in their life. So the attack is an attack against the word. It's not you personal. Honey get over it. Get some spiritual fortitude around yourself. Grow some calluses around you. And don't take every little sliver that comes your way. Amen. We take it personal. But the attack is always against the Word and the life that it contains. Hear me this morning. The devil doesn't care if you talk about life, listen to words of life, pray about life, or even attend a church named Solid Rock Faith Center. Where do you go to church? I go to Solid Rock Faith Center. Glory to God. It's awesome. But I have no control over my life. Amen. His only concern is that you never conceive and give birth to the life of God. He cares about nothing else. So what does he do? He sells us a lie that hearing is the same as conceiving. Amen. Portia, I I love Sister Portia and Stephen. So we were having lunch yesterday afterward, and she started asking me about stuff, talking about stuff. And I started sharing a few things kind of along this line and stuff like that. And I said, you know, the problem is the church has been having safe sex. We've been having relationships. No, it's nobody getting pregnant. <laughs> Nobody's conceiving life. Because I said in order, for life, in order for the Word to work, it has to get in you. You have to conceive and it has to grow. And you have to become pregnant with the life of God. And that's transforming life. Amen. Amen. And so she gets out her phone. Pastor, Pastor, you got to say that again. I'm going to say that to my church tomorrow. (laughs) Amen. She's a crack up. Amen. I love Sister Portia. Bold in God. Amen. So, uh, so what does the devil do? He doesn't want you to conceive. The number one trick of the enemy is always simple, but always effective. To get you to believe what he knows is not true. You've heard me say that before. The one, number one tack of the devil. He wants you to believe that just going to church and hearing sermons is all you need to be a Christian. He knows that isn't true. But He wants us to believe it. That if I just hear the Word, if I just talk about the Word, if, if I just get all my religious, you know, mannerisms and all my colloquialisms and all my sayings and all my, you know, everything else that I do, if I just do all the religious motions, man, I'm really effective for God. No. No, life is to be in you and life is to flow out of you. Are you listening to me? If it gets in you, it makes you a producer. It causes some 30, 60, and 100 fold. The life of God always produces increase through our life. Could you say amen? So look it, he knows that if you become pregnant in your spirit with the life of God, he cannot defeat you. So he moves to abort the life that the word contains before it is fully formed in your spirit. Before you learn how to live by the power of the new life that has all authority over him. And which declares in 1 John 4:4, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He knows that. He just doesn't want you to know it. The Bible uses the analogy over and over of pregnancy and new birth to describe how God's works, God's word is at work in our life. 1 Peter 1.23. You have been born again not by a corruptible seed but by an incorruptible seed. You are born again by an incorruptible seed which is the word of God. You believe the word. You hear the word. You believe it in your heart. God's word now is conceived in your spirit and new life begins to grow chapter 2 and verse 2 of 1st Peter as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby so now I'm a new babe I'm born again and now as I drink of the word the word now is the sincere milk of the word the nurturing word that now causes me to grow spiritually and then in John 3 verses 3 through 6 Jesus said to Nicodemus he said there Nicodemus you must be born again because what's born of the flesh is flesh and what's born of the spirit is what spirit so here's this analogy that we conceive seed we are newborn babe and now we are born again into a brand new life that's how the word works in our life 1 John 3 and verse 9 whoever is born of God does not sin for his seed remains in them somebody say his seed so God's seed remains in you. So seed gets in you. That's how you're born. Whoever is born of God, the seed of God is on the inside of you. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. How many know the seed of God contains the life of God? The only thing the devil is concerned about in all of your life, the only thing he cares about is whether that seed ever gets planted in the womb of your spirit and begins to grow. It is an unstoppable force and it is a force that destroys his kingdom. Amen. Think about it. This is the life he feared. The word of God is the seed of life. I want you to say that with me. The word of God is the seed of life. That's it. God's word is the seed of life of life. Praise the Lord. So seed is defined by purpose and it is to be planted to bring forth the life that it contains. Jesus declared to those who could hear that the word of God is seed. He said a sower went out to sow. The analogy is sowing seed and reaping a crop. And then he said this is what the sower sowed." The sower sows the word. So the word of God is the seed of God. Can you say Amen. I know I'm driving this point home, but if we get it, I'm into kicking some devil hiney this morning. Amen? So watch this. Think about it. Seed is defined by purpose. So Jesus declared even, and we need to understand all word is seed. All word is seed. What you allow to come into your ear. How many of you ever heard somebody, hey, my ears are not a garbage can? Okay, but selective hearing. You need to hear words that build you up in your spirit. You need to hear the words of life, not the words of death. That's why the Bible, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How did that abundance get into your heart? It came in through your ear, through words that you heard. You need to hear the right word, because it's going to get down on the inside of you, and whatever gets in you is what comes out of you. And I don't know about you, I don't want the wrong to come out of me. I want the life of God coming out of me. Would you agree? amen and so watch it in there Matthew 13 24 through 30 I don't have time to read it but Jesus gives the parable of the tares in the wheat that the farmer went out and planted his field and then he went to bed and in the evening an enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat the devil is always trying to sow tares amongst the wheat he's always trying to sow a counterfeit harvest and a counterfeit seed to come again the word of God every time you hear God and faith begins to rise up on the inside of you he'll always bring an attack against the word to get you to settle for less than the life of God he always comes with an attack against the word now hear me this morning the purpose of seed is to be planted in the soil of our heart and to bring forth the harvest that it contains not the harvest that we choose or wish it would produce this seed contains a harvest and that's it I, I don't get to design the harvest that the word of God contains Look at this. The seed contains the assignment, not the soil. Here's my little pack of bean seeds. These are tender, green, improved, Holy Ghost bean seeds. These are saved, sanctified, Spirit-filled bean seeds. Tender garden improved, improved seeds. So this is the seed, the little bean And that's what's inside of it. This is the seed. And that's what's inside of it. This is deep, huh? This is the seed. And that's what's inside of it. I can't make anything else be inside this seed. I can't draw my picture, my desire, anything else. The seed already has the assignment on the inside of it. Spiritual witchcraft and Christian foolery is when we try to manipulate the seed to become something that it's not. We try to get the word to work in our life in a way that it doesn't have an assignment to work. Or to produce what is not on the inside of it. I want something else. Well, I know that's a bean seed, but I would really like tomatoes. Or something. I'm sorry. The seed contains the assignment. The assignment. Yeah, but if God's going to work in my life, this is how I want Him to work. You know, I, I'm willing to serve God if God will let me do this or God will let me do that. and do, do, do That's like going out to your garden in the backyard and say, you know what, I'm getting ready to plant some beans in you. Well, you know, I would really be available for some, for, for some seed to be planted, but I'm really not into beans right now. How many of you would run from your backyard if it talked to you like that? <laughs> so What? The seed contains the assignment, not the soil. Jesus said it like this. If you abide in me, John 15, 7 and 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will and it shall be done to you. If my word abides in you, if my word gets in you, the word always produces what it contains. Soil places demand on the seed and releases the assignment in the seed. Soil does not design or define harvest. Need to hear this this morning. Some of you will be liberated. Soil does not design or uh, 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 declare the harvest or define it. The enemy also aborts the life of God in us by getting us to believe that we can design our own harvest. I don't get to design my own harvest. I don't get to choose to be what I want to do. I, I try to get people all the time. When I got saved, I, I mean, I, I just knelt down and said, Lord, here's my life. I will do whatever you ask me to do the rest of my life. I want the harvest that you have assigned for my life. I could design something, but it will always be less than what you have for me. Anything you try to decide, whatever idea you think you would like to see God to your life, it is too small. Whatever you try to come up with, whatever you think would be awesome. Oh, I'm just believing God to do this in my life. This is what I'm believing for, I'm doing for this. That's dirt telling seed what to be. Are you with me? instead of just saying, God, just become like Mary. Mary, the, the word of the Lord came to Mary. Gabriel showed up. You're going to conceive and bring forth the son and that child is going to, you're going to receive a holy seed. It's going to get on the inside of you. Listen, Gabriel spoke a word to Mary and she said, be it unto me according to your word and a word spoken by an angel and by under the power of the Holy Spirit God in the womb of a woman and produced the life of the Son of God. I wonder what would happen if we just became like Mary and Said, be it unto me according to your word. And we took our design and we took our desire off of it. God, what do you want to birth through my life with your word? But this is a cool (laughs) seed. Be. (laughs) Now I can stand here and confess and speak and declare everything I want over that seed. But what's in that seed will never come out until something happens. What's got to happen? What's it need? The this, this seed by itself cannot produce. This word will never produce by itself. The seed of the word doesn't produce. It has to get in the soil of a man's heart. So the word just having the oh, this is my favorite seed. People have, this is my, this is my, I'm, I'm, please don't misunderstand. said, this is my life verse this is my favorite seed this is the the thing I confess every time I pray I pray this word I do all this stuff and I keep my favorite seed right here I carry it with me right next to my heart carry my seed next to my heart my favorite seed want to see my seed? it gets stuck in there sometimes Here's my seed. It's in my, I, got, I got my seed. I carry it with me everywhere I go. Cool. But this seed will never produce until... It gets planted. Oh, quit. You guys have swallowed so many watermelon seeds. You don't have nothing growing out of you. Amen. Until you water the seed... With the living water of the Word of God. I mean, the the Holy Spirit is living water. It needs the soil of my heart, and God gives me the water of the Spirit. So He gave me the seed, and He made me the soil. Listen, isn't it interesting? Do you know Genesis chapter 1? It says that on the third day, God formed man out of the dust of the earth. And on the same day, on the third day, he commanded all the earth to receive seed. Earth has a command on it to receive seed and bring forth harvest. And God formed you out of the third day soil of the earth with his divine perfection. You were formed out of divine perfection to receive seed and bring forth harvest. But the seed has to get planted in your heart. And if you never allow God's seed to get planted in your heart, you can go to church for 85,000 years. I really don't care. The devil doesn't care. You can listen to words. You can quote scripture. You can say everything. Thing you want. You can get all of God in your head but it's like having a seed in your pocket and expecting it to produce a harvest. It is not going to work until the seed gets into your heart and you keep your heart clean and you allow God to be the farmer of your garden. You allow Him to deal with the things that are trying to choke the Word and steal the Word and keep it from being unproductive. You will never see the fulfillment of God in your life. And as long as you want to design it and as long as you want God to fill your desire the Word will never work. But if the church ever rises up and say hey I'm done trying to be little God when big God wants to be a part of my life. I choose to turn over a little G to walk with big G and see his word manifest through my life. Somebody ought to shout amen unto God. Amen. So doing all right. Amen. If I come back tomorrow with beans growing out my, next week with beans growing out my ears, just say harvest is on the way. Amen. So watch this. Dirt does not design harvest. It brings forth the harvest contained in the seed. Jesus is the sower. His word is the seed. Our hearts are the soil. He sows the seed into. Dirt never says to the sower, this is what I want you to plant in me. My garden produces the harvest that I designed and determined to sow into its soil. I never stand over the dirt and ask it, what would you like me to plant? I determine that out of my own will and place a demand on the soil to produce according to my will, not it. I want God to be able to place a demand upon my life to produce that my soil would produce according to his will not mine can you say amen and what happened see what happened is, is that we've been Americanizing God's breaking his church out of the Americanization that's been upon the church we've been Americanized into a consumer church we want we, we've become dirt that just wants seed 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 where we become amazing seed collector and we all run around with our little pouches of seed and we have all of our little favorite promises and all of our little seed but God says he doesn't want us just to carry seed the purpose of sowing seed into the ground is that the ground wouldn't be a consumer the ground would be a producer God wants us to produce and he's moving his church back into a place of being producers and out from being consumers John fifteen sixteen. Jesus said I've called you and I appointed you that you should go forth and that you should bear much fruit are you doing all right hey see I go away and preach for other people I get fired up come back and unload on you amen So watch, when I plant a garden, this is what I do. I provide the soil with everything it will need to be abundantly productive. As a good gardener, I provide the soil with everything it will need to be abundantly productive. And I watch over that seed that I plant to ensure that it produces the harvest it was sent to produce. I pull the weeds, I give it the fertilizer, I nurture it, I water it, I watch over it to perform. Look at Isaiah 55, and it'll come alive. What does God do for us? He provides us with the seed, He makes us the soil, He gives us His Spirit, and He gives us all the resources of heaven to abundantly produce for Him. Amen? Isaiah 55, watch this. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth. Somebody say, water the earth. And watch this. Look at the next three words. And make it. Somebody say, make it. So the rain and the water come down. And make the earth bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the ear. So the earth is made to produce. Not just to receive, but to produce. And, and, and I love, don't misunderstand, I love the presence of God. But if we get caught up in just spiritual hyperbole and spiritual emo- and we just want, send the glory, Lord, send the rain, Lord, send the glory, so we can just get wet and go home wet, soggy, nonproductive believers. And just want to go to another Holy Ghost meeting, another Holy Ghost, another outpouring, another outpouring. The problem is, we're just a bunch of wrinkled up pruned believers. We've been in the water too long. We need to dry out and produce. Somebody shout amen. amen. Oh, man, I'm in trouble. I know it, but glory to God. This is the way God made me. <laughs> So what? So to make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God says my word prospers in the thing that I sent it to do. Hallelujah. And so when we're doing things for God, it's easy to get busy in doing things for God. But if we're working out trying to make it happen, He makes it produce when it's His will for our lives and not our desire for Him to do in our lives. Are you with me? So hear me. We are the garden of the Lord. Most Christians want to tell God what He should plant as a harvest for their life. Then they wonder why it doesn't work. They forget that the abundant life of the believer is connected to simply being good soil that receives the seed of the sower and brings forth the harvest that it contains. Some 30, 60, and 100 fold. Everybody look up here. God's will for your life is that your life would produce abundant kingdom increase. God has assigned his kingdom to increase through your life. Some 30, some 60, and 100 fold. He just needs Good ground. People who will take all the restrictions, all the requirements. requirements. God, have your way in my life. Be like Mary. Be it unto me according to your word. Amen. So worship team comes back. Our desire must be to be the good ground that agrees with the sower and the seed. The only thing we are required to manage is our heart. God has one requirement on you and on me. Take care of your heart, guys. Take care of your heart. That's all it is. Proverbs 4, verse 23, I put it in your outline. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the springs of life. Why is that so important? Your heart is the soil that the Word of God is sown into, Jesus said. So keep your heart. The Message Bible says it like this. Keep a vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Life starts in the heart. The Contemporary English Bible said this. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. What are thoughts? Your thought. Every thought you have, every concept you have, came from words spoken into your life. I said it in first. I I I am so insulted by our political process right now because it insults my intelligence. It, it's an insult to the intelligence of the American people what's happening in our political process right now. On both sides of the aisle. I don't care what side you're on. They're both stuck on stupid. Seriously. And they're just pimping and, 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 and pushing our nation for their own gain. They're just pimps and pushers. Can I say that? I guess I did. Anyway. They're, they're, they're just utilizing people for their own gain. They're they're, they're abusing and utilizing the people, telling people and manipulating people to act for their own benefit and for their own gain. That's not a public servant. Well, the American, I'll tell you what the American people think. You've never talked to an American yet. Go out and talk to some people. Don't just take a poll. We got 1,400 people we call every time we need an opinion. Guard your heart words come and people listen li- listen here's how it works you, you listen people are listening to all the stupid stuff they're listening to all the stupid stuff and they're buying it and just regurgitating this stupid stuff and and, and what is it producing it, it's tearing down the very fabric and, and and the fiber of our nation so you're seeing it manifest you're seeing the truth of God's Word manifest and, and displayed openly in a nation being destroyed from within. And unless the church rises up, unless we get out of American consumer religion and choose to become producers for the kingdom of God and let God's word get down on the inside and agree to stand up and speak for truth and care about life again and care about our nation again and our values again we're in trouble. So here, when we have the right heart we are good ground, and harvest is always guaranteed. So here's what I'm saying to you this morning. I don't know about you. I'm in a place in my life where I'm hungry to see more than I've ever seen before in my walk with God. I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for everything God has done over these 29 years we've been here and the years before we came here. I, I've, been, I've been so blessed walking with God. You and I have done so many great things. Look, we built the Lord's gym together. I'm excited about everything God is doing. But I'm hungry for more. I, I believe I believe I got a back forty if you would that God could plow. I believe I got some areas in my ground in my life that God could clear off and, and he could expand what he wants to do in my heart and through my life if I just say God go ahead, break up the and Valdi came up to me after first service said Lord that, that God gave her a word about the fallow ground of our heart fallow ground is ground that used to be planted but it's been laid there it's gotten hard it just needs to be broken up again so it can receive seed. I'm just saying, God, come on, break up the ground of my heart. I don't have any design. I'm not trying to think of anything. I'm just saying, God, I want to agree with you. I believe you want to see souls saved. I believe you want miracles back in your church. I believe it's the will of God that when needs walk in the door, needs get met in the house and stay here and people go out free. Amen. That's what God intended the church to be. He said with the woman been over for 13 years, He said it is wrong that she has come bound by the devil to church for 13 years and never found an answer. Jesus said that ends today. And he said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity and set her free from the bondage that was upon our life. I believe that's the will of God for the church. But somebody has to say, Lord, make me good ground. Lord, I purpose to be good ground. I say yes to your word. I'll be foolish enough to lay my hands on the sick. I'll be foolish enough to preach the gospel. I'll be foolish enough to be used by you. God plow some new territory in my life. Amen. So I want to see his harvest fully formed. Amen. Not what I desire, but Him. See, we're recalibrating, relaunching, but I want to relaunch more than just our services. I'm ready to relaunch my faith. Amen. I want to relaunch my faith in God. I'm asking God to do something fresh in me. Maybe you'll join me in seeking the Lord and asking Him to do something fresh and new in your relationship with Him. Maybe you'll just seek an encounter with God. Say, God, when was the last time That I just know that you invaded my life with your presence. God, that I just pushed everything aside so that you would invade my life with your presence. God, I want an encounter with you. Let me say this to you. I love praying with people and praying for people. But nobody can pray you into revival except you. Nobody can pray you into a faith walk except you. Nobody's going to lay hands on you and you're going to get it supernaturally transferred. I believe in the transfer of anointing. I've had men of God over the years who I've asked to lay hands on me. I said, I want the same spirit that's on you to be in me. I believe in Elijah and Elisha and the double portion. I believe in that. But I also know that if you are just trying to get it through somebody else, it'll never work in your life until you are the one that's seeking God on your own. It is your faith on the carpet seeking Him. It is your need bent at an altar to him. It is your heart crying out to him. It is you praying your own revival through your own life. Could you say amen? that's when it comes. And we'll agree with you. We'll stand with you through that. But you're the instigator of the change in your life. I wonder if you'd be willing to boldly allow the Holy Spirit lead you where you've never gone before. Maybe to rekindle a flame of passion in your heart for the things of God. To see the life of His Word produce its full harvest in your life. To have life and life more abundant. Having ears to hear and hearts to receive. Come on, I choose today to let my Fridays and my Saturdays be removed and to in the resurrection life of Sunday if that's you today I want you to stand to your feet all across this room if that's you today and you're just like me you're saying God I'm tired of being caught up in this consumerism I'm tired of not seeing the word begin the harvest of that 30 60 and 100 fold I'm ready for a change in my life I'm ready for God to do something new I'm thankful for people who will pray with me but God I'm going to pray for myself today God I'm pressing in for myself today this is my heart this is my life I am the garden of the Lord. This is the place I want God to plant. I want to see God do abundantly in my life. If you're hungry for God today, and you're like me, God, I've been walking with you for a while. Maybe you're here today. You need to get back to that place, rekindle a passion from God. Maybe you used to be all fire involved in doing that, but something happened and an attack came for the word's sake. And it's caused you to be separated and moved off. And God's saying, hey, I still see you, and you're my garden, and I have seed to sow in your life, and I will make it bring forth, and I'll Send the water and I'll send the snow and the rain and I'll cause your ground to produce a harvest of my word. If you're hungry for God and want God to move, and you believe this is a season and an hour that He's calling this church to. I want you to move out of where you are. Come up this altar right now. Find a place of prayer. Let's say, God, do something in me. Begin right here with me. Start with me today. Let God move in your life in Jesus' name. Just find kneel down. Find a place to pray. Come on, this is your time. This is your heart. Revival's be getting right here with you you're saying God I'm good crown I'm good crown I'm good crown God Lord do whatever you do remove the cares of this world remove the deceitfulness of riches God i have caught up in the lust of other things I was involved but God for some reason I have no time for you anymore God I'm ready God I'm ready for you to break in and break out in my life hallelujah thank you father thank you Lord oh just press in Press in. Come on, press into His presence. Hallelujah.